0: Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. This HBC podcast will be uploaded online and available every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. All HBC podcasts can be found on Spotify or Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Contact information is as follows.
1: Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438 Six five four one, email at Steve R. Wood zero zero two at Gmail dot com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List twenty twenty at Gmail dot com.
2: Welcome again to our podcast. We're very thankful that you're able to join us. You're with us this morning, and uh, especially I want to mention Regan and Sandy McDaniel, Bob and Debbie Wartzel. And Sonny, Oni, and Matthew Moore. I know y'all are always faithful to uh, be here and uh, listen to our broadcast and, and worship in your home. So, uh, welcome today. We're glad that you're here and uh, uh, be praying that soon we'll be able to meet again in our building. We're trying to see what things are going to be like, setting things up for our uh, worship service in our building. It doesn't look like it's going to hold as many as we thought it would. And uh, so anyway, uh, we'll uh, make arrangements to be able to have services soon, I th- hope. And uh, uh, we may have to go to two services again, like we did when we were in the old building. But anyway, uh, we're glad that you're worshiping with us today. And uh, uh, we want you to uh, join us this morning. And first of all, I'm going to recognize Frank that will give us our Uh, Prayer updates and uh, lead us in prayer
3: First of all, I'd like to thank everybody for praying for Jennifer Ford. my daughter-in-law as uh, we talked before She's she's got pneumonia. She's doing a little better Uh, She's recuperating in bed right now But the good part of it is she don't have the COVID 19 she was tested negative for that. So that's praise God for that Uh, also I, I was talking to a Dawn Seening which I know her for a couple of years ago. She's a, a lady out of Oklahoma, and she has breast cancer. And uh, I don't know the situation there, but the way the doctors are talking, first the doctor says I wouldn't go through the chemo. Now they're saying they'd go through the chemo. But when she, if she goes through the chemo, it's gonna be the severe kind of chemo. So uh, she has a lot of decisions to make. I know uh, she will know wisdom and know what to do. And uh, we have Wanda's knee, and it, it's still swelling up. It's been going on for such a long time, so just pray for grace for Wanda and uh, Pastor Steve to deal with that, and hopefully the healing touch, and it'll, it'll be normal soon. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting thing, what she's been going through this last couple months, and uh, yeah, she needs grace. Everybody needs grace, so with that, I'll go ahead and start in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for this day. I thank you for your loving kindness, oh, Father. Please watch over us this time as we go through this uh, pandemic, oh, Lord. I pray that it is over quickly, oh, Father. I pray for your healing touch on everybody that needs your healing touch, oh, Father, or just a touch from you, oh, Father. Give us that grace to love each other as we should and obviously to love you as we should. I thank you so much for all your blessings, and I just thank you for loving us. This we ask in the
2: name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Appreciate those updates. And first song today is Mighty to Save. Then Okay, thank you for those songs, and um, uh, today I want to tell you what I'm going to be speaking about, and then you can be turning there and and, uh, getting ready for uh, our message in just a moment. I'm going to be speaking on Peter's Pentecostal message, what he preached on the day of Pentecost, and it's taken from Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 39. So you can turn there now, be looking at at, um, uh, those verses of Scripture and be ready to read with us when we read in just a little bit and uh, worship with us today in spirit and in truth. All right, our next two songs, You are my all in all and I love you, Lord. I hope you were able to enjoy those songs and and, uh, we will hopefully be able to meet together real soon. I'm uh, hearing rumors that maybe June 1st we'll be able to uh, again congregate together. And so we'll see how that works. But uh, anyway, right now our uh, scripture reading, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 39, Peter's Pentecostal sermon. Peter stood up with the eleven raised
4: his voice and addressed the crowd fellow jews and all of you who live in jerusalem let me explain this to you listen carefully to what i say these men are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine in the morning no this is what was spoken by the prophet joel before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live and hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne seeing what was ahead he spoke of the resurrection of the christ that he was not abandoned to the grave nor did his body see decay god has raised this jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact exalted to the right hand of god he has received from the father the promised holy spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear for david did not ascend to heaven and yet he said the lord said to my lord And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call.
2: As we begin today, I'd like for you to think back with me on what we talked about last week. Remember I uh, spoke on the subject of how God's plan can change your life in a good way. And this was Jesus as he met with the disciples, especially with Peter as Peter was cleaning his net. Remember uh, nets and uh, they were getting ready for the next day's fishing. And um, uh, Jesus did a spectacular thing. He had them to launch out after his message and cast their nets on the other side. Well, we're not going to talk about that message again today, but just remember that Peter, after he saw this miracle, was very impressed. And remember his admission? He said, go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man in Luke 5 verse 8. And then this was the time when Jesus called him and some of the other disciples away from their occupation to follow him full time. Now, this would be a lifelong commitment for Peter. Now, there are some bumps along the road. Remember Peter not wanting Jesus to wash his feet when uh, Jesus was washing all the other disciples' feet? And then when Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you don't have anything to do with me. And he said, don't just wash my feet, but my hands and my head also. (laughs) And then remember him denying Christ at the crucifixion. I'm sure these are not the only time that Peter failed and and, uh, didn't accomplish the things that God wanted him to. But uh, uh, these are two outstanding things that we've seen in his life. And then there were some things in Peter's life that were very good. Remember, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus when he was transfigured there. And and, uh, uh, this was one of the times in Jesus' ministry, in Jesus' life, that I would really have loved to have been there. I would have loved to have been able to experience that particular thing. And then he was able to work miracles for the Lord. And then this Pentecostal sermon that he preached as we're looking at today. The method that Peter adopted for this message, it was a short message. It wasn't something that was extremely long, but his speech was vital, it was urgent, and he didn't use any unnecessary words as he preached this, no Repetition, that's noted. But notice that it was directed to the mind giving instruction. And it was directed to the heart, producing enthusiasm. To the conscience, resulting in conviction. And then to the will, leading to a decision. Wisdom is seen throughout this message. And these people needed to understand the wisdom of God in order for them to make the decision they needed to make on that day. They needed understanding. This past week in my daily devotionals, one of them that stood out to me was from Pastor Chuck Swindoll. Some of you are familiar with him, I'm sure. Insights for Today is what it's called. And this is what he says. Allow me to offer a simple definition of wisdom. Wisdom is looking at life from God's point of view. When we employ wisdom, we're viewing life as God sees it. That's why it's so valuable to think God's thoughts. You look at difficulties and tests as God looks at them. You look at family, life, and child rearing as God looks at them. You interpret current events as God would uh, interpret them. You focus on the long view. You see the truth, even though all around you are deceptions and lies. Let's go a step further, he says, and define another scriptural term, understanding. What does it mean? Understanding is responding to life's struggles and challenges As God would have us to respond not in panic and confusion not by forfeiting those things that are valuable to us and not by compromising our integrity indeed when we have understanding we respond to life's challenges as God would have us to respond we trust him we believe in him we refuse to be afraid we don't operate our lives according to human impulses or in step with today's political correct culture. How terribly important it is that we stand firm in wisdom, responding, and understanding. Now that's what Chuck Swindoll had to say about wisdom. Let us notice the wisdom in this particular message that Peter preached. I mentioned that it, doesn't, it wasn't long. It doesn't have to be long to be good. Well, we'll compare that with my message today. <laughs> Is it long? We'll see. But his message was simple. It was plain. It was clear. And all the congregation could understand exactly what he was saying. Because although he was proclaiming A glorious new message of the gospel. It was against the historical backdrop, if you will, which his hearers would be familiar with. It was a case of the masses of the people hearing Peter gladly as he brought things from the Old Testament and showed them what Christ did. Not only did he speak in great simplicity, But he spoke clearly and loudly, as verse 14 tells us. It was instructive, informative, if you will. Peter's preaching was not emotional evangelism, although there is no such thing mentioned in the New Testament. There is much of it used in today's world. In the New Testament, the appeal of the gospel is always an appeal to the mind, the heart, the conscience, the will. Isaiah 1.18 tells us, Come and now let us settle the matter, or as the King James Version says, Let us reason together, says the Lord. Although your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. The great need today is for teaching evangelism. This is true because God commands it. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. And because man's need of being taught the truth is always there. Men need to hear the truth. People need to hear the truth. And then it was a scriptural message. Paul's injunction to the young minister Timothy was to preach the word. Remember in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2? Peter certainly did that in this message today. Many of the words in his sermon are quotations from the Old Testament. His sermon was full of prophecy. And this was a convincing way of preaching to show that all fulfilled prophecy has been literally fulfilled. What Jesus did His coming, his message, his death, burial, and resurrection were all a part of what the Old Testament had taught. And Peter was preaching a dispensational, contextual message. He knew the time frame in which he lived, our time frame. He was familiar with God's program for the day in which we're living. He was not expecting the conversion of the world or the kingdom of God to come on the earth right now. But the calling out of people to be a part of the church, to be a part of the bride of Christ. It was bold, fearless, and without apology. As a result, the expectation promised in Acts 1.8 was fulfilled but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. He was part of that. Now let's look at the problems that Peter brought out in this particular message. He begins by cutting down the barriers to the people understanding, to the people hearing, to the people knowing what he was saying. Sensationalism was a part of The event that was taking place at that particular time. Because people were speaking in other languages. Languages that these individuals understood. Languages from the land where they had come from. Remember in Jerusalem at that particular day. There were gathered people from all over the world. And these individuals were able to hear them in their own language. It was amazing to them. But. He directed their attention from that sensational experience to what he was saying. Verse 14, he said, listen carefully to what I say. And then prejudice and skepticism were there in that group of people. Remember that others were mocking the apostles, saying that they were drunk, And in verse 15, Peter addresses that. He said, These people are not drunk, as you suppose. You see, as the message of God is preached, people need their focus on what is important. We should not be distracted by what we think is true. And so he brings their minds to the moment to what's being said, to the message that he has to give, the most important message of all eternity. And then let's look at the evidence. Peter lays these foundations of proof for what he's saying. Prophecy. The testimony of the prophets making up half the transcript of the sermon, as I mentioned a moment ago. And he's preaching from a backdrop of the Word of God, From what the scriptures have to say. Isn't that what preaching is supposed to be about today? Isn't that what we're to bring out? Isn't it the word of God that we're supposed to emphasize? That we're supposed to give forth for people to understand? And then he talked about the miracles that Jesus had done. That authenticated the message. And authenticated his life. Who he was. And then in verses 23 through 39. We have the truths that Peter was bringing out in this message. Peter proclaimed two of the most basic truths of the gospel. He then powerfully restates these facts in verse 36. First of all is the cross. Jesus' death on the cross was not a victory for his enemies, but the plan of God. This was God's purpose for Jesus coming into the world. He came to die. He came to give His life. And then the resurrection. You see, death wasn't the end. Death wasn't the finality of Jesus' life. In fact, God raised Him from the dead, verse 24 says. And then verse 33 tells us that He has been exalted to the right hand of God. You see, those truths were something that these individuals needed to understand. The individuals needed to believe them. The uh, individuals that were there listening to this message needed to respond to those truths. And then let's notice the essentials, verses 37 and 38. What's needed? Obviously, they would have to believe in Jesus Christ. But their belief, their faith in Him, ought to be with obedience. Following what the Lord told them to do. And Peter said to them that they needed to repent. What is repentance? Repentance means to turn. A turning from a person's sin. You know, an individual may repent... And an individual may be sorry for their sins, but if they just turn from their sins, that's not enough. I think that's really what Judas Iscariot did, as we talked about last week. And he really didn't repent toward God. You see, repentance involves faith toward God and believing in Jesus Christ. And so, they needed to repent. But then he said, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why be baptized? Well, this was a showing forth of what happened to them as they repented, as they believed, as they placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. Baptism isn't salvation, but baptism is showing... What we did in our salvation. We buried the old man. We were raised to walk a new life. And it shows forth to the world. The death, burial and resurrection of Christ. Baptism doesn't say. But baptism is important. And so he told them that they needed to repent. And be baptized. And then let us see the promises in those those two verses. Verses 38 and 39. The promise was to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. You see, as an individual repents of their sin, trusts in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they receive the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. And then they receive the gift of the Spirit. The same Spirit that had been given there on the day of Pentecost came that day not just for that small group of 120 prior to the day of Pentecost that had gathered together, but for all those that would believe, for all those that would follow the Lord. And we have the Spirit today to live with us, to guide us, to influence us, to convict us, to help us in our lives. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of Peter's preaching, many that day were cut to the heart, verse 37 says. And they asked the question, brothers, what shall we do? Peter at once gave the answer. What I mentioned a moment ago, repent of your sins and then identify yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ by openly committing to Him in baptism. And he promised that if they would ask for forgiveness of their sins, they would be forgiven. About 3,000 people were converted. Declared their allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ and the church by being baptized. And they continued to follow the Lord then and entered into fellowship with his people. Verses 41 through 47 tells us a little bit about that. Now, I'd mentioned the number before was about 120. That was what the church was like before the day of Pentecost. And then on the day of Pentecost, about 3,000 were added to that number. So, as we think about Peter's message, how does that affect our church today? What does that mean for us? Well, in our world today, they, there are... Churches that are self described seeker churches. And they design their services with the unbeliever in mind. The atmosphere is intended to make those who don't usually attend church feel comfortable. And the sermon is primarily focused on evangelism, bringing the lost to Christ. Now we'd say, well, there's nothing wrong with. Designing a service to reach lost people. And then there are churches that describe themselves as teaching churches. Their main emphasis is to grow God's people. Help individuals to understand the things that they needed to do because they are God's people. Because they are His children. Now let me say this. Both of these ideas are good. But both of them need to be incorporated in what we do as God's people. It doesn't need to be one or the other, but both. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22, it says, "In Him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His spirit." You see, God's people do need to be instructed, do need to grow. And all of us will admit that those that are lost need to come to Christ. You see, Jesus had commanded His disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the power from on high. The promise of the Holy Spirit. We consider this event to be the empowering of the church to do its ministry. Today's passage is the first sermon ever preached in the church after Christ's resurrection. But it's also important to see that those who were not part of the church were the focus of most of the message that Peter brought. Peter's message explained what onlookers saw when the Spirit was being poured out on the church, verse 14. Verse 14. Peter pointed out that the coming of the Holy Spirit had been predicted in the Old Testament by the prophet Joel. Jesus Christ, Israel's crucified, risen, and exalted Savior and Messiah, had received the Spirit from the Father and bestowed Him as a gift on that first church. This was proof of Christ's resurrection, providing tangible evidence that Jesus was both Lord and Christ. When the listeners asked Peter what they should do, remember I've gone over that two or three times, repent, be baptized. And then those that responded, those that believed, About 3,000. Now, that's certainly not all the people that were there that day. We don't know how many were gathered together. We don't know how many were there in the temple court listening to the message that Peter was preaching. But 3,000 of them responded. Wow, wouldn't you like for 3,000 to respond to the message that we give and (laughs) come to know him as their Savior? I don't know where we would put them. We're trying to arrange the chairs today for the number of people that we have in our congregation and well, looks like we're going to have to have two services. That's okay. I don't mind to do that. I just wish we could all meet together at one time, don't you? But anyway, 3,000. I don't know where we would put that many people. But we, God would provide, wouldn't He? We, we would get a stadium somewhere where we could house that many people. But the church is the community of those who believe in Jesus Christ. It's also the community of the Holy Spirit. Because of Jesus' work, the church is dwelling in a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit, Ephesians 2.22 tells us. Today's passage reminds us the powerful witness of the church in our world today as we preach the message, as individuals hear that message. I don't know how many are listening to this this podcast this morning. It may be that a lot more people than just those that usually come to Hillside Baptist Chapel are listening today. And if that's true, then our outreach is to those that are listening, whoever they may be. Let me ask you this today. Are you discouraged by flaws that you see in the churches. This early church was not perfect either. They struggled with ethnic tension, self-centeredness, false teaching, and other things, just like churches do today. Still, that church was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they spread the gospel message as they manifested God's power to those that needed to know about Christ. Ask God to do a work in our church that individuals might be able to understand the wisdom of God and they might respond to the message that God is sending forth. If any of you today are... Without Christ, you never trusted in Him as your personal Savior. I'd love to talk with you today. We gave you information about contact in the first part of our service. And I think we repeat it at the end. I'd love for you to call me. I'd love for you to text me. I'd love for you to email me. Get in contact with me. And let me show you from the Word of God what God says you must do. In order for you to have eternal life. And then follow the Lord. Serve Him. Thank you for listening today. Our Father we praise you today for this message. The message that Peter gave on the day of Pentecost. Is still the message that's needed for our day and time. We pray that people would understand it. We pray that people would would respond to it. And Father, I pray for the lost to be saved and for your people to be drawn closer to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to list 2020 at gmail.com.
0: This concludes the HBC Weekly Podcast. Please join us every Sunday for our HBC Cyber Service. Hillside Baptist Chapel has moved right next to Chopsticks in Alto Bocchetti. This new location seems perfect for our growing church. The hours will be as follows. Bible study, 945 a.m. and worship at 11 a.m. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, services are suspended. Once the Panamanian government restrictions are lifted, please join us for our regular chapel Bible study and service at the above-mentioned times. Hillside Baptist Chapel tithes and offerings can be dropped off at the Mailboxes, etc. mailing service in Boquete, Cherokee, where there is a HBC tithing box placed on their front counter. Thank you and God bless.